0: I'm Troy Dodds, and welcome to the On The Record podcast presented by The Western Weekender. On this podcast, I'm joined by special guests who all have such great stories to tell about Penrith and the role that they've played in our city. They are Penrith stories told by Penrith people. Today, my guest is Ross Free. Ross has the honour of being the first ever member for Lindsay, serving in both the Hawke and Keating Ministries. He had a long political career at a time when Penrith was going through enormous change and growth. I really hope you enjoy our chat, Ross. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Troy. Looking forward to it. Now, first question we always ask, uh, where were you born and where did you grow up? Okay. Uh, I was born in Bathurst in
1: 1943, which puts me in my 80th year, as we speak. And uh, grew up there, went to school there, Um, first in my family to finish high school. Right. Okay. And and then on to Sydney, uh, to university. That was when a tiny minority of Australians actually got to go to university and the only place you could really go was um, was Sydney. Do I glean from that you were a pretty good student? Worked hard. Uh, My mother and father were children of the depression Mm -hmm. and uh, and they had uh, the firm view that the the way forward in life uh, was was education and and that's something that I've believed too and, and passed on to my children.
0: Now at that point in time as you head to uni, is, is politics in your mind or is it about becoming a teacher because I think teaching was was something you were pretty passionate about?
1: Well it was yes, I'd, I'd, I'd always wanted to teach but certainly policy, uh, politics was in my mind because this was, um, this was uh, in the early 60s and this was at the time of the Vietnam War mm. and this was at the time of conscription. When some of your listeners are probably too young to remember, but uh, young men of, uh, of of nineteen on the uh, were, were, put, were put unwilling participants in a in a lottery. Uh, if, if their birthday was drawn out of the barrel, then they were uh, they were conscripted into the into the military for two years uh, and liable to do overseas service as well. So it was a very contentious time, mm. and. Um, and lots of demonstrations in the street. Yep. And uh, you've probably heard your grandparents talk about it, Troy. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it was a, a difficult time, I guess, in Australian history as well. But as you say, it, it did prompt people like yourself to say, "Well, I want to be in a position where I can potentially make a difference." That's right. And 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 the country was fractured. Um, as
1: uh, well, it, it had been fractured several times during its history, mm. of course. But but. Uh, uh really the way the way the country was fractured under under Scott Morrison and the way America was fractured under uh, Donald Trump
0: going back you worked you, you graduated from Sydney uni and no, no, New um, South Wales no, New South sorry yeah, brand um, new yeah. university yeah it? and started work as a teacher correct
1: yes I started work in the New South Wales public education system uh, started work at Sydney boys high uh, in Moore Park in Sydney which was a kind of uh, Pretty an unusual place. It was it was the only public school that was that was and still is a member of the GPS, the Greater Public Schools, the ones who, who row on the Nepean yes. every year. <laughs> um, and uh, and for that reason, in the in the New South Wales Teacher Service, it was regarded as a kind of educational Camelot, highly selective school, and uh, a delight to, to work there. And how long did you end up working there? Five years, and. Uh, by that stage, my wife and I had established ourselves at Springwood,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and uh, and uh, kids started to arrive as they do. Yes, and commuting to Sydney really wasn't on the books, so I, I took a took a job at uh, Springwood High School, and uh, and enjoyed the delights of being able to walk
0: to work. And, and at that time, you're now in Springwood and um, politics, and actually running for politics. When did that first? come into the possibility for you?
1: Well I joined the Labor Party uh, back in in my Sydney days um, and and maintained my membership uh, when I moved uh, to the mountains and uh, you know the usual thing that people do when they become interested in politics, you you attend branch meetings which can be terribly exciting or terribly not so. (laughs) and you do the normal stuff to uh, to get your local candidate elected, and uh, and and to uh, to make sure the party is successful at uh, at local government level, state level, federal level. You know the kinds of things that you're familiar dealing with as a running a local newspaper.
0: Indeed, and and for you, why Labour was was Labour entrenched in your family background, or was it something in particular that, that drew you to Labour?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, politics in those days was very heavily class-based. I came from a working-class family, a railway family in Bathurst, mm. if that starts to ring bells. Yeah. Um, that's where Ben Shifley came from, the engine driver. Indeed. And uh, and my family home is in South Bathurst, just round the corner from where um, Ben and uh, Elizabeth Shifley lived. So it was just natural that... Uh, natural if you belong to a labor yeah. a, belong to a railway family then you were a labor family
0: now Ross you try to win the seat of Macquarie in the blue mountains in the 1970s you eventually get elected in 1980 tell me about that time a sitting member uh, back then
1: was Tony laketty a uh, great man an unsung hero in a, in a lot of ways mm. um, never reached ministerial rank unfortunately because the labor party spent so much time out of, out of office but uh chiefly decided in nineteen seventy five that he'd had enough uh that he'd uh, he'd he'd earned his retirement and so i ran for pre-selection for macquarie in nineteen seventy five uh won it uh, won it pretty easily uh but as it turned out nineteen seventy five was a pretty bad year to be a candidate <laughs> for the labor party because uh, Again, uh, older Australians will tell you that that's, that, that's, when, the, that's when the country was fractured mm-hmm. uh, along the lines of uh, who th- the people who thought that John Kerr was doing the right thing and Malcolm, Fra- Malcolm Fraser by refusing supply to the elected Whitlam government was doing the right thing. So there was an election in 1975 and, uh, and I was defeated. Uh, which came as a shock because the the seat had been in
0: Labor hands for thirty one right, years. Right. Okay. But so, were you confident heading into that election, or, or were the the numbers telling you? In these days, they say you know they they can pretty much predict where everything's falling. Was it yeah. like that back then? Oh
1: yeah. They That's right. They can tell you the blood yeah. groups of the people <laughs> <laughs> who are. That's right. And how they're voting. Um, it, it wasn't like that so much in in that time. It was it was pretty clear that the, that the country was fracturing. Uh, the Whitlam government wasn't doing as well as maybe it could have Um, I would argue that because they were never given a chance by uh, by Fraser and the team who who, who had control of the Senate but um, whatever the rights and wrongs of that are that's a long while ago and the people decide and the people, we always like to say the people get it right and uh, they, they weren't having me in 1975 well Fraser... Malcolm Fraser became the prime minister, um, and uh, well, he became the prime minister before that. He was made prime minister by the governor general, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then uh, a month later was elected prime minister. And uh, he knew he was on a good thing, of course, and 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 uh, and held an election pretty quickly afterwards in 1977. Just the two years mm-hmm. had a redistribution, um, and uh, and again um, Macquarie was up for. Uh, For grabs, and again I ran, and again I was defeated, only narrowly, um, only narrowly both times. Actually, the count went on for about ten days. In those days, right? Okay. Yep. It really dragged on, and and the Herald used to publish the the yesterday's (laughs) progress of the count in these few remaining seats, but.
0: so this leaves Macquarie as a, as a Liberal seat for, for two, two terms. terms. Reg, Reg yep. Gillard, I think. Gillard, the, yes, that's the, right. The yeah.
1: Member. yeah, Mayor of...
0: Once but one time Mayor of um, mayor of Lithgow. Hmm. And then... So two defeats. Were, were you or the party uh, questioning whether you should go in, in 1980 or was there always the feeling that um, third time Lucky was around the corner? Well,
1: the Labor Party was good to me. It's always been good to me. Uh, it's always been good to me. And, and, and really, it was... Uh, it was up to me and and in this sense it was uh, it was up to my wife because we had three little kids at this mm-hmm. stage yep and uh, if you're a government employee you must resign before before seeking election sure yeah um so that means that the income suffers during an election campaign as well uh, but you know margaret was very very good and and backed me as well and i thought well i gave it everything i had and uh and on that occasion, uh, and the boundaries, by the way, extended east then, and to take in St Mary's mm-hmm. as well. Uh, pretty good territory for us in those days. Yeah, I mean that's for the Labor Party. Yes. Um, and and so uh, so the election Fraser held the election, um, in uh, October the eighteenth. Nineteen eighty, I remember it well.
0: (laughs) A night, I'm guessing, of of mixed emotions, because you are elected as the member for uh, Macquarie, but Labor doesn't form government. Labor doesn't form government. Yes, my word, your your political history is
1: darn (laughs) darn good. Uh, Doesn't form government, but I had the distinction of being... uh, We only won two seats, the the Labor Party in New South Wales, at Mm. that election. Um, Bill Morrison won back his old seat of St George. He was Whitlam's. Defense Minister, and uh, I was the only newbie to win a seat, so I was I was pretty proud of that, and mm. uh, and all that work paid off, and, and the, the very generous support of the the young, sung heroes of local politics, the branch members who get out and and do the stuff, uh, and and walk around the letterboxes and all of that. So I mean that was uh, that was awfully satisfying. Um,
0: what well, was it? And, and we'll talk about being in government later, yeah, but yeah. was it difficult? I always, I always ponder this question for some of our, our current politicians, even locally, who are in this position oh, sure. now. Is it yeah. difficult to be, you're, you're a local member, but there's all these roadblocks up because you're not in government?
1: Yeah, sure. That, but that, that can be a very interesting time to learn. Mm. Um, and to you become much more self-reliant, you depend on your colleagues a lot more, and they've got more time for you too. Yeah. Because they're not ministers running, off, running, uh, running sure, yeah. departments, and that got me gave me a chance to get to know, to know the Parliament, get a better understanding of how it works, uh, get to know what kind of a person Fraser was, and, and other people on the other side of the Parliament. Mm. I mean, Fraser was uh, back in those days a, a sort of monster as far as Labour people were concerned, but he really he had another side, and I'll give you an example. There was a a group of, a visiting group of, uh, of young people from overseas sponsored by the local Lions clubs. And they asked me if I could get them in to see the Prime Minister and have a photograph taken. And I thought, well, what what kind of a chance have I got, you know? <laughs> um, I've just knocked off one of his people. And I put in the request, and now come around. Malcolm came out and, and, and had the photo- photographer organised and was awfully nice to these kids. And I thought, yeah, you know that's That's really good. Um, I'll tell you another example, by the way, that that has p- particular local resonance as well. Um, at that stage, uh, let's go to Penrith railway station. Sure. North of the railway station was Defense Department land. It was a base. Um, and, uh, and my predecessor had had been trying. For ages to get the Defence Department to release the land. Um, the, in fact, the, I think that was my first appointment as local member. I, I met with with Barry Long, the the town clerk then, general manager now, yep. <laughs> um, and and he explained the problem and could I see if I could get the Defence Department to get its hooks off this land, and 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 so I thought, well, like if. My predecessor couldn't do any good, being of the same political colour, Mm. what chance have I got? But I went to uh, the Minister for Administrative Services, he gave me an an appointment, and and I explained that the council wanted to get access to this land to develop commuter car parking. And he said, this sounds all right to me. And uh, he had a a representative of his department there, and he said, look, I think we can do something here. Um, and and as a result, Barry Long and the council and and, and Bruce McDonald, the, the the chief town planner, got what they'd been after: northern access to the railway station, and and decent car parking. I mean, yep. it, it was it was a planner's dream. So, uh, I felt very lucky, Troy. Very just, lucky. Just
0: goes to show you, you can get uh, stuff done in, in opposition. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of. You know, making a difference for people and, and not just being a uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess, an annoying noise in the background. You can be a squeaky wheel and actually oh, get no, something that, done about it.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, don't 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 make an idiot of yourself in the process, and and don't don't abuse the government too much in, in the house. But a similar story. With um, the area on which the civic centre now stands. Yep. I don't know how far your history goes back, but.
0: Um, yeah, f- fairly well. Fairly but, well. Um, okay. Yes, I, I think I was uh, still in high school when the civic centre was, was, uh, was opened. There, so. <laughs> there, there you are. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I
1: christened it Battlestar Galact- Galactic <laughs> at that stage, but that that was um, uh, that that was owned by the RAAF, and it, it was a barracks for RAAF personnel, employees at Richmond and uh, and up at um, and up at Glenbrook. And uh, I thought, well, you know council made the request'll I'll give it a go mm. and once again wonderful <laughs> got the result <laughs> got the result um and and, I thought, and and it was over that time by the way that i I really developed a, an enormous respect for the professionalism of of Penrith Council mm-hmm. um, I do hope that the residents of Penrith appreciate how how really professional and really good uh, Penrith Council, its staff,
0: and mostly, I think, its elected representatives as well, do. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough gig to be able to run a city of uh, of this size, and uh, certainly do a, a good job.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it, it's and 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 to to make these things happen, you need the cooperation of all three levels of government. Mm, mm.
0: And we in, see in that Ibyte. quite a lot these days. We see a lot of <laughs> yeah. um, the three levels working together, which is which is good.
1: That's right. The three levels work together as well. In another case, um, this, where'd you go to high school, by the way? Jamison High School. Yeah, Jamison High School. Yes. Wally Mulheron was your first boss.
0: Was he? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you, you probably don't I, don't. I don't remember. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he was my boss up at Springwood High. Um, Jam- yeah, Jamison. I was there at the the, the opening year. Uh, Anyway, um, back then uh, you'll recall the old Q Theatre. Yes, indeed. And and behind it, the drill hall. Do you remember the drill yep, hall? Yep, for sure. That, that, that was uh, that that was Commonwealth land as well, the drill hall and all that. Mm-hmm. And Penrith Council again. They were always thinking, thinking ahead, thinking beyond the horizon. Sure. Uh, they thought, what we need is is some we need some big employers in the place. We need a regional tax office. <laughs> again, the town, <laughs> the town clerk, Barry Long, and the planner came along and we had a yarn. And, and again, the Commonwealth came good because I think, I, mean, I don't put it down to my eloquence particularly, but, but the Commonwealth could see this, the, the, the government could see the sense in building Penrith mm. up into a major centre. Um, and and wherever wherever government can play a role
0: in that, uh, so so it should, and it did. Let me take you back to 1983. Um, and first, yeah. let me ask you, when did you first meet Bob Hawke? Oh, many years before then. Um, Bob uh,
1: Bob came to campaign for me in 1977, I think. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, Bob then was uh, heading up the ACTU, and he was a member of the. Uh, of the Reserve Bank Board, um, which was the only way he could get to Sydney, because yeah. because he—that's where the Reserve Bank Board met. Sure. And and
0: they'd fly him up, and he'd say, "Well, I'll, I'll come and do something for you." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And 1983, whenever there's a shift in, in power, you, you generally can feel it. Um, this year, you know, 2022 is a prime example of that. You can feel that the changes in the air go That's back right. to 2007 as well and, and, yeah. and 96, which yeah. we'll talk about. But yeah. could you feel it in you've, 83 you've, that it was... You're very, yeah,
1: yes, you're very perceptive. Yes, I thought we're, we're going to do all right out of this. Mm. Um, because remember, before before 83, I was a backbencher in, a, yep. in, in an opposition... And Bob wasn't in Parliament. Bill Hayden was the leader. It's a wonderfully wonderfully decent fellow, wonderful bloke. Uh, and uh, Hawke was elected in 1980. Uh, so Hawke and I were both back benches together. And well, he was on the front bench, actually. He went, went straight in as, uh, as uh, Shadow Minister for Labour and Industrial Relations. Um, but, of course, you know, <laughs> ambition being what it is, uh Hawk hadn't come to canberra to play number 2 to anybody <laughs> and uh there was a uh, there was a challenge in the, in the middle of the year and uh, and i made a choice i voted to, i voted for Hawke. Um, it was uh, like people never people 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 should never take these challenges lightly. They're, mm. they're really.
0: I, I was going to say even yeah. even when and we've seen a lot of it in recent years. Or too much. Even years, too yeah. much for sure. But even when you must feel within, look, it's the right thing to do. There still must be that little bit of guilt there yeah, that, that exists. That's right. There's there's the old there's the
1: old wrench in the gut. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Um, and the only the only advice I could go back to was the written advice I'd seen from. Uh, from Ben Shifley to say, look, irrespective of your personal likes or dislikes, cast your vote in what you think is the best interests of your party. That's what you're there for. Um, I actually I went to a local branch meeting about a week before that, and and of course the branch members were talking about it. And they were toing and froing, and I said, look, help me out here. Uh, those of you who think I should vote for Bill Hayden, please hands up. Mm. Those who think I should vote for Hawke,
0: please hands up. You know, they were pretty well split down the middle, and yeah. I said, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the end, you're back to right horse, of course, because uh, Bob Hawke becomes Prime Minister in 1983. True. Um, you now sit in government. But not long after this, a significant change happens because uh, there's, a, there's a major redistribution, and... The, the the move is on for you to move into this newly created seat called Lindsay. So can you tell us, how, how did all that come about? And so soon, too, after the, the 83 election. Right, yeah. Well, that, that was, the government,
1: uh, the new government had a plan, and, and that was um, to increase the number of seats in the House of Representatives enrollments in those days were getting very very large I, I had the second in Macquarie I didn't have it but Macquarie had the second largest uh, enrolment mm. in the country uh, stretching from all the way from Mount Victoria then down to uh, down to Colleton. and uh, in fact I, I, I it's part of my part of my pay in those days, I got I got extra money for representing a, a an electorate of more than hundred thousand right. voters. I yeah. think they're all more than a hundred thousand yeah. <laughs> now. But we we did this on two staff, by the way, which, mm. f- which is another current thing. A yeah, very women. different world now. <laughs> yeah. So. So the government, the new Labor government, decided that that we should try. We should try and legislate to get. Um, uh, to get. Uh, more suits of smaller and more sensible enrolments. That also means that uh, you'll have more people in the Senate, yep. <laughs> um, and and none of that we none of that legislation we could get through without the cooperation of the National Party, and the National Party was run then by uh, I think by Doug Anthony, or it might have been Ian Sinclair, but I think it was Doug. Um, it was Doug, yeah, um, and he could see the sense in cutting down the numbers of electors per seat because the national party, then the country party, was going out of business. Right, yep. This, each redistribution, there would be, there'd be a country party seat abolished. Yep. And they were So uh, that was a, a cooperation between the Labor Party and the country party to get that legislation through, and that's when Lindsay was created and... Um, <coughs> a number of seats in New South Wales. Do- Dobell up up on the Central Coast was created,
0: um, and, and as yeah. a result, you become the first ever member for Lindsay. Something that will yeah. never, never get taken away. No, no, no. Um, well, that's
1: right. But they were very. The, the party was very kind and said, "Well, sitting members can have first dibs." Yeah. And uh, I had uh, I had Lindsay, which I thought was it was a wonderful, sensible, natural seat, mm. or Macquarie, and and it consisted of the upper mountains down to in that stage Waramu. Yep. And across to uh, Richmond and Windsor and up the putty road. Up the putty road. And I thought I will I will go nuts trying to represent
0: Macquarie. Yeah. It is was just- it a tough call though? Because the Blue Mountains for you was home. It was, um, you know, yeah, so it was, was, was um, it a tough call.
1: Well, yeah, and 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 the seats, the seats as electoral prospects were pretty much even. Stevens, so mm. there was that. Uh, I, I was determined that I owed it to my family and my kids not to move because the kids at that stage were established in school with their yep. networks, and um, and I said to the party, look. Here I am living. That's living in Forganbridge. I'm ten minutes away from the boundary of yeah. of Lindsay. Um, can you can you give me a break on this one? And they did very generously. Mm. Very generously. And uh, and and so I, I became a sort of. Um, I went, well, I wasn't an absentee landlord, but I was <laughs> I was a non-resident. Sure. Sure. Uh,
0: but obviously doing something right because she'd become the MP for the next uh, 12 or so years tell me what penrith was like in the mid 80s late 80s in that, in that era well
1: it it was a lovely place and it still is but it was um uh, have you read uh, have you read the book about penrith in those days so- some everyday folk at dawn i, I haven't actually no. no no but it it's, it's track it's, that down it's lovely yeah, to yeah, track it down um and and it it was it retained a lot of the qualities of, of a country town. Mm. Uh, remember the highway ran through Penrith yep um, there was no such thing as a freeway um, <coughs> no
0: such thing as high rise either yeah. <laughs> but but a time of pretty significant growth as well like by the time the, the early 90s come around well P- Penrith is growing significantly it, it certainly was yes the the
1: the 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 uh, the mid to late 80s and early 90s, the population was was going was going gangbusters, um, and uh, young families with children, um, often two-income families. Mind mm-hmm. you, you could buy you could buy a house and land for thirty-five thousand bucks. Yeah, I mean,
0: we wish, right? <laughs> we we if, wish. Do you remember, just out of interest, where was the first office in in Penrith for you? First, uh, yeah, the first office, office for me. Well, well,
1: it was uh, it was round in Castle Ray Street. Okay. Um, it was um, it was above the dry cleaners, which wasn't yeah, a very yeah. upst- uh, upstairs <laughs> office above the dry cleaners. So there were <coughs> there were uh, plenty of noxious chemicals in the air. <laughs> and uh, and I was determined to have a, a ground floor office. Yeah. So I Peter Anderson was the state member at that time um and 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 I negotiated with the council and we got space in the old council chambers um down in Station Street. Okay. Um and the uh the uh the pro- the premises I uh, the premises I vacated became the uh the Penrith Adult Relaxation Center.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Now during this this period too, you you know, this is, different things happened for you. you. You head overseas a, a fair bit as well. Well um in, in, in those early kind of days as a member for Lindsay.
1: Yeah, I was over a bit. Uh uh first trip was to uh was to Israel, actually. Okay. Uh which is quite interesting. And uh yeah i d- I, d- I did a bit of overseas travel um, not, not as not as much as some I must say no and
0: uh, I think Germany was in there as well for a period yeah there yeah was that delegation that, there was that, that was yeah. that
1: was quite strange um, we had an annual delegation that used to used to visit the uh, the European institutions in in Strasbourg in alsace Lorraine in in France uh, where the European parliament is and and also a body called the council of europe meets and uh, we take I'd, we'd sent we sent we still send an all party delegation of observers to there and and a country on the continent then hosts us for for a <coughs> excuse me about a week um, so yeah i went in uh, probably 85 i think um, and at that stage we did the stuff at, at in 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 Strasbourg, which is terribly interesting, mm. um, and uh, and the host country was East Germany, right. the Democratic Republic of <laughs> East Germany, and uh, you know, I thought this would be interesting, the first communist country I was down to visit, mm. and um, I actually didn't get to go; I was called back. Right. Um, there was an important division apparently to, to be held in the parliament, and I had to come back. So that was it. I didn't didn't get to see East Germany. Um, but as a consolation prize, I was sent the following year with the, with the host country was West Germany. Right? Okay. <laughs> and that was the uh, that was the year of the 25th anniversary of the building of the Berlin Wall. So we. We were in West Berlin at the right time and guests of the council, all that kind of thing. And um, learned a lot, learned a lot about the place, learned a lot about history too, of course. And uh, I remember making a speech, I was invited to make it by the host of the Berlin Council. And uh, I said, well, here we are, uh, you know, (coughs) on the 25th anniversary of a... a revolting uh, act building mm. of a wall that mm. separated families all this kind of thing um, and uh, heavens above four years later down came the wall so. Yes,
0: indeed yeah. Hawke wins the next few elections um, you you remain the member for Lindsay through the 80s mm. uh, safe to say Penrith's pretty much and Lindsay is very much Labour Labour entrenched in Labour heartland during that late 80s period as yeah, the as Daniel Denuto on would have
1: would have said, it's the vibe, man. It was the vibe. <laughs> um, Hawke could do no wrong. We as a government, well, we weren't we weren't perfect, but we did an awful lot that was mm. right. And um, we had an opposition that was was off balance all the time. You might remember at the same time Howard and Peacock were interminably yeah. struggling about who was going to be leader, and yeah. and. Uh, and consequently, it was, there was one night when both the Liberal Party and the National Party changed leadership. It was just,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Now, of course, Hawke could do no wrong, but of course, things change. Um, in In the early nineteen nineties, Paul Keating becomes prime minister. Tell us about that period, that changeover. Um, pretty tumultuous time. That was um, that was tough. Um,
1: I'd, I'd had several attempts to get into the ministry, and and Hawke was a bit of an expert on uh, on saying, "Oh no, not this time." But don't worry, don't worry.
0: <laughs> Bide your time, and you'll uh, you'll get there eventually.
1: Yep. As a kind of consolation, he, he made me his parliamentary secretary, mm-hmm. which which was an important job, and I liked doing it very much, and I got to see him close up, and that was all good. Um, but at the same time, as you say, um, Keating was getting restless.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Keating was getting restless. And and at the same time, the Liberals had decided on John Hewson as leader. Um, and uh, their new leader, economics professor, uh, developed the fight back policy, which was a, a document about four centimetres thick, I suppose, and... Um, it was so complicated that you might remember that Houston got tripped up because he couldn't tell you whether where GST applied to birthday cake. Yes, <laughs> yes the
0: famous uh, interview.
1: Yeah, but but at this stage, Houston was the one who could do no wrong, mm. and he really was making Hawke look pretty pretty ordinary, and it affected the morale of the whole party. And I came to the decision that if if we didn't change, it was one of those. Chifley decisions, forget about any personal feelings you might have, what's, what's the best thing for the Labor Party's future? So uh, I was a loyalist uh, a loyalist of Keatings, I voted for him in the first challenge in which he was unsuccessful, and then again in the second challenge when he was successful um, on December the 19th,
0: I think, um, ninety one. Yeah, yeah, just before Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you serve. You continue to serve in the in the in the ministry with with uh, Paul Kenning. You Paul. you become um, though what I, what I guess would now be called the education minister, the minister for schools. Was that was that what they called it? First job that. he
1: gave me was uh, minister for science
0: and technology. Yep,
1: and uh, responsible for the CSIRO and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's the it's part of the job that um, that Ed Husick, the, the member mm-hmm. for Chifley, has now. Yep. Um, and a, a very thoroughly enjoyable job. Meet, meet wonderful people, and you get to make real, real reforms, particularly in the research area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that, and uh, in the election, uh, the government and the Keating government was re-elected in '93, and uh, I thought, well. They wanted somebody new in education, in school education and mm. um, and vocational education and TAFE.
0: And your background, of yeah, course, suited yeah. that uh, That's right. I thought, yeah, I, I, I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting, actually, because I've written about this before, that so often now we have ministers who, who don't have um, any background in their portfolio whatsoever, but here you were, uh, a uni graduate, a former teacher of, of decades, taking yeah. on the education portfolio yeah. like it's what we want, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I knew
1: <laughs> a, I knew a bit about that stuff. Yes, mm. yes. So, uh, and and um, and importantly, if you want to get anything done in the education area, you need to know the people in the unions. Mm.
0: Um,
1: and the strike, which um, which was on yesterday. Yes. Yep. But, uh, uh, of of, t- of teachers uh, in the New South Wales public system and the New South Wales Catholic system mm. um, all went out. Now, the, a minister who who has got across her portfolio mm. needs, in this case, female in New South
0: Wales. Yep, Sarah Mitchell, yeah. Sarah
1: Mitchell uh, really should have had better relationships with those unions, in my view.
0: Yeah, we don't want yeah. it to get to... To that point, I guess is the
1: well. Well, that, that's that's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, nobody likes strikes. No. At <laughs>
0: least the which uh, Everyone who it affects along
1: the, uh, well, well, along uh, the way. Yeah, least of all the trade unionists. Yeah. Or the or the trade unionist
0: partners because mm-hmm. you don't get paid. Yes, uh, very true. <laughs> I want to take you to nineteen ninety six. Yes, indeed. Um, and this this election, we know that John Howard becomes prime minister. We can look at the history books and, and sure. figure out why. But sure. but you go into that election with a margin of I think ten percent. Um, yeah, yeah the, were you confident, or was it again? We go back to that feeling of there's change in the air. Well, the
1: two things about that that margin. Uh, it was a bit of a false figure because uh, an interesting thing happened at the previous election. The, um, the, the yeah, the, I think of Australian Democrats. Yeah. The, the Democrat candidate arrived five minutes late and couldn't nominate. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and so my vote was was inflated, mm. uh, but um, but yeah, I can tell you, uh, I can tell you, I could I could I could smell something in the air, mm. and uh, and I, I can offer you proof if you like. Uh, the Thursday, probably before election day, Maggie Dem who was the federal member for Macquarie. And I both visited Glenbrook RAAF base mm-hmm. uh, to uh, inspect the premises and talk to talk to the service men and women there. And uh, there was uh, a guy from one of the local newspapers. I think it might have been yours, actually. There you go. Yeah. Uh, was there? Yep. And and we'd done the bit and shaken hands and had afternoon tea and all of this and uh, and. We walked out onto the lawn, outside the mess, and this guy said, now I want you and Maggie to, this way there's a magnificent view of Penrith. I want you and Maggie to jump up in the air, V for victory, and I'll get a a photo. And uh, I said, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Maggie said, why not? I said, uh, I think I'm going to get done on Saturday. And if I'm going to get done with my margin, you're going to get done yeah, too, baby. Yeah.
0: Um, so we didn't do the photo. <laughs> the the um, that election becomes pretty synonymous with with Howard's battlers. Um, it does. It was yeah. did you feel that about Lindsay at the time that they the, that they really grabbed onto something there with that that term and that uh, that push?
1: Well, I, I wasn't familiar with the term. Mm. Um. Um. Except from Howard's lips, and I really didn't have much time for anything that came from <laughs> Howard's lips. But I tell you what, my staff said to me. They, they said, "I said, how's the office going? Is it busy?" You I, I was ringing in from yep. wherever I was, and and very quiet, very quiet. Mm. So it's a bit like. The scene in one of those old black and
0: white Western movies, you know, it was quiet in
1: town. Yeah. <laughs> too, too quiet.
0: <laughs> it becomes a, a a bit of a, you'd almost say a bloodbath. I think you, you're not alone. I think 12 or 13 seats fall at 96. Um, try try for, 30. For, for Labor.
1: There were 13 ministers defeated, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a yeah. bad night. Um, yeah, yeah, not a good
0: night. Yeah. But there's almost a, a, a second shot at it because, of course, Lindsay becomes a bit of a debacle. Um, there's a there's another election held because Jackie Kelly uh, was serving, I think, as an RAAF officer and hadn't resigned, and and you go again as a
1: well, <laughs> campaign mark two. Good old good old Section 44 <laughs> of the Constitution. Yeah, um, two simple rules, and she really was a naughty girl because she was a lawyer and they must have done constitutional law at uh, at Queensland University. <laughs> Section 44 is is quite simple. It says. Um, to stand as a candidate for election to the Federal Parliament, you must be a citizen of Australia and of no other country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she'd done the first bit, but she hadn't renounced her New Zealand citizenship. And there's another subclause in section 44 that says if you seek to become elected to the Australian Parliament, then you must not be. You must not hold an office of profit under the Crown, which means you must not, you must not be employed by mm. government or any of its agencies. Yeah. And she hadn't resigned from the Air Force. Mm. So, so she, she had two, two home runs on, on Section 44. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the High Court, of course, uh, decided that she was not eligible to sit now, as all the Section 44 cases that have flowed f- from then, of mm. uh, all of them approved, I don't, I don't think anybody uh, excluded from Parliament under Section 44 who has sought re-election, and I think they all have, mm. none of those were defeated.
0: Mm. Um, I, guess, I guess part <laughs> of that is the public feels that we made our call and so you're telling us to make it again. We're just going to make the same call. I think that's
1: right. Yeah. I, I think you're you're right. You're dead dead on the money there. Mm. Uh, dead right on the money.
0: Because um, as much as say Section 44 needs to be there and is important to be there, it probably doesn't play into the public's mind of of well, how they vote well, on election. Well,
1: no, day. no, no. And and, it, and it's 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 very naughty of candidates to um, to ignore Section 44. Mm. And it and it's very naughty of their political parties not to be vetting them on that on mm. that on that score but as far as the public concerned uh, we made our choice and um, mm. and and you then decided that uh, well
0: the court decided but, but I took the blame <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and of course the by-election happens Jackie Kelly wins the seat yeah yeah and f- so ends your time four percent swing yeah. like, like that's it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, ends your yeah. time as the member for Lindsay yeah. were you? Were you disappointed, or do you just look back on it and say that was a that was a pretty long stint? Um, you know, across two prime ministers, uh, um, you had a lot of things done. A great time in Penrith. Um, how, is it mixed emotions when that sort oh, of look, thing happened? You know, it's um,
1: it's uh, it's not the way I would have chosen to go. Mm. But but um, you know, if you can't bear to lose, you you don't deserve to ever win. Yeah. Um. So that's um. And. Uh, very, very few people leave Parliament feeling completely fulfilled. Mm. I can tell you yes. that. Yeah, not many people
0: leave on their own terms. I guess. No, no, no. You know, that's yeah. that's
1: right. But uh, no, no. It it was. I, I can honestly say that every every day I spent in there uh, representing the people of, of Penrith and and Saint Mary's uh, was an absolute delight. It. Um,
0: I never counted it as work. <laughs> yeah. Now I hate to tell you, Ross, but it was more than a quarter of a century ago that that uh, that finished stuff. Absolutely, uh, it, it goes quick. What yeah. have you uh, What have you been doing in in the time since? What did you do immediately afterwards? But but in the time since, um, I know you're still in the Blue Mountains. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I, I, I
1: I served for a while in a, in, a, in a voluntary, voluntary capacity on. Um, on the universities, well, it was UWS then. Now it's WSU, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I mean that's one thing that we didn't discuss, of course. Then that was an initiative involving council and me and uh, and Tony Aquilina, who was the yep. state member for Penrith back then. Um, but yeah, I, I served on the on the on the university's regional council, and uh, and that was great fun, and. Um, then doing odds and sods, um, uh, working for the uh, the teachers union, the, the 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 national teachers union, the Australian Edu- Education Union, um, getting them to understand how how to deal with um, deal with politicians, how to deal with mm. political parties, how to how to get the things that they believe are important addressed in in policy platforms and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, Otherwise, Troy, the, the two Gs that we all get to at my stage of life, and you will no doubt as well, the two Gs, that's that's gardening and grandchildren.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And family, big part of your life? Very much so, yes, mm. yes. Mm. Now, when you look at today's... Politics. Uh, so since you, we had the John Howard long John Howard stint. But then of course you've seen yeah. some Labor prime ministers, um, new Labor prime ministers come through, and Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard. Now yeah. Anthony Albanese. Yeah. Um, what do you think of politics today in Australia? I think it's tougher, and
1: uh, and and I I really uh, I really take my hat off to people who who go into it or aspire to go into it. Um, I think it's it's less. It's less kind uh, than, it, than it used to be. Um, mm. but relationships across the chamber with the other side, uh, back in my time, were pretty, pretty cordial. Yep. Um, once, once Fraser and Anthony and Peter Nixon and people like that who were involved in the coup to get rid of Whitlam, once they'd left, it became a better place. Um, I think I think probably once Howard and Bronwyn Bishop had left it became a better place um, and I particularly mentioned Bronwyn Bishop they were silly enough to make her speaker now without a doubt she was the worst speaker that uh, that Parliament that the House of Representatives has ever had I don't know whether you made a Practice of looking in on question time or
0: not? Oh, look, it's it's, it's thrilling uh, watching. I know every <coughs> from from two o'clock most afternoons. That's and right. So she
1: she wasn't interested in in fostering a a, a cooperative uh, environment in the place. Uh, she was interested in confrontation. She was quite good at that. Um, so I, I think she made it a harder place for people to. Uh, uh, to be in, and, and of course, Abbott was a very confrontation confrontational prime prime minister too. So I do hope, when the new parliament meets in uh, at the end of, well, it's this month now, July, that they um, that they elect a speaker, much much along the lines of Tony Smith. I mean, the, the Libs realised they'd made a mistake mm. with Bishop, so that Tony Smith was a much better and more sensible person than. Uh, than Bronwyn could ever aspire to be. and he, As a result, he, he was, I think, sadly missed by all when he went. Yeah,
0: We'll wait and see what the next few years brings. The last question we always ask yeah. on, uh, on the record, how would Ross Free like to be remembered in Penrith? Oh,
1: look, I don't expect it to be, to be remembered particularly at all. I, I suppose I'd like to be kindly remembered and I'd, I'd like to be remembered as... Um, you don't really get remembered for buildings, you know. But 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 I'd, I'd like to remember be remembered as as somebody who had a, a major hand in the establishment of our own tertiary education um, network here, the the University of Western Sydney or WSU. I don't know if I'll yeah. ever get used to that. <laughs> um, I think that's a, that's a great step forward and uh, a recognition of. Uh, of the needs uh, of the needs of the area, and and, the, and, and, and the, the fact that the area has a future, it's a bit like um, think back to that kid who had to leave Bathurst to go to Sydney to uh, mm. to try and get some letters after his name. Like these, these kids don't have it quite as tough, thanks to probably something that I did way back then. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it is an extraordinary political career, and as I mentioned, no one can take away the fact: first ever member for Lindsay Ross. Thank you very much for joining us, Troy. Thank you. And uh, can I congratulate you on on uh, on running one of the su-
1: surviving print newspapers?
0: Thank you very much. We we, <laughs> we, we love
1: doing what we do, and well, uh, you know they, they they were all around the place when I was uh, indeed a yeah. local representative. But but uh, you know it, it can't be easy surviving in the current environment.
0: But you, you the Weekender and the Gazette, <laughs> are still standing. So congratulations. Indeed. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat. On the Record is produced by the Western Weekender. To hear future episodes, search Western Weekender wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you hit subscribe. Check out westernweekender.com.au and we'll see you next time.